Father God, we thank you so much for this time this morning. Pray that you would speak to our hearts. You would have your way. And we would respond to your voice. And Lord, if we don't know your voice yet, pray that we recognize it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles, could you turn to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Huh? We're moving right along. Matthew chapter 6. Well, that was a smarty pants statement right there. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have you all stand. Go ahead and stand. NIV. NIV. We're going to do the NIV this morning. Go ahead and stand. Uh, we're going to say this together. So, so, uh, so Jesus stood before everybody and was doing the sermon. And in the midst of the sermon, he does what we call is the Lord's Prayer. But the truth is, this is not the Lord's Prayer. This is the disciples' prayer, right? So this is what we pray. And so when he, when he does it, he teaches it on two occasions, or more than twice, but... Uh, uh, and Luke, he, the disciples came up to him and said, Lord, Lord, how do we pray? How do we pray? They've recognized Jesus and how he prayed and how it seemed so different. And so, so then Jesus taught him how to pray and he did this, the disciples' prayer. And then, uh, and you've heard it, I'm sure. Uh, it starts with our Father. And so we're going to pray this. But this is, this is a model of prayer. So, uh, so will you pray along with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forget. Come on. <laughs> Forgive our debtors. Not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For the, if you, for, oh, right there, that's good. Okay. We'll just stop right there. You may be seated. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have just been looking at my Bible. <laughs> uh, the debt part. Okay, so uh, he, he does this prayer in front of everybody and shows them this is how you should pray. This is how we pray. And so looking at that, uh, he starts with our Father. That's a big statement right there. He starts with our Father. And if you were here last Sunday, you heard the Father's Abba, which is Daddy. And so, so all of a sudden, Jesus is immediately addressing God as Father. 
And so we look at that, oh, it's so amazing, Father, yay, right? And, and this was like, for them, it was like, oh, what, what, what? You used Abba, you used Daddy. And, but I want to back up, so we go, our Father, isn't that interesting how he uses those words? So before this, he says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, and goes on and on. And it's all like when you do it, right? And then all of a sudden, in the midst of this prayer, he opens up with our Father. Can I borrow you for a second? So, so we look at this, and, 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 and we... We see this, okay, don't be like the hypocrites, don't be like the pagans, got it, got it. But when you pray, God knows what you say. And then he goes, our Father, so it's ours. He's ours. So Jesus is saying, our Father, our Father, right? So, so we're like, oh. <laughs> our Father, our and so he just makes it so much bigger. But not only does he make it so much bigger, but that hour, that hour, that our father, you know what's ironic about these two guys? They have the same dad, right? But here's what's amazing about the three of us. We have the same dad. Our father. Our father. Ours. And so Jesus starts it off, and, he, and he, he, he just starts this prayer off that to me is so amazingly beautiful, so amazingly powerful. He's saying, you know, I, I want you to know, this is Jesus, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God, God in the flesh. I want you to know when you pray, you pray, our Father. What does that mean? He's ours. What does that mean? That we're, we're together. So David's Jesus. We're together with Jesus. Right? The Bible says that we're adopted into his family. Have you ever met anybody that's adopted? I have. My mom, she's adopted. Right? So my, my grandpa, Earl Wilkerson, uh, he adopted my mom. And so she went from uh, Lisa Valencou to Lisa Wilkerson, right? And here's what's incredible. Everybody looks at my mom and they go, oh, you look, you're such a Wilkerson. She doesn't have any Wilkerson blood in her. Not a lick. But they go, oh, you're a Wilkerson. Oh, you look just like your grandma. You look just like your grandpa. You just look just like your dad. Isn't that interesting? And so what this means for us when Jesus opens this up, so when I become, I come into a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden I'm adopted. I'm a part of who he is. We're this family together, the three of us. We're brothers we're family. And Jesus opens it up with our, our Father. Right? And so, so what that means, you guys can sit down. Thank you so much.
What that means, if we look at, at John chapter 1, verse 11 through 13, it says, we are part of God's worldwide family. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So what that means Again, here's the, here's the strong truth. That means that if I have a relationship, David, you were Jesus, right? If I have a relationship with Jesus, we're co-heirs. I'm a part of this family. I'm adopted in. See, see here's, here's what that also means. Okay, Joe, come back up. You just got to forget Joe's that guy. Okay, right here, Joe. Okay, so what that means is that, is that when I come into a... What that means is that when I'm, I'm adopted and when I believe, when I, when I ask him to be the leader of my life, that means we're family. That means he's... Jesus and I, we're family, right? God's our father, now, Bible says that if I don't have Jesus, God is not my father. I have a father of lies. It's one or the other. I either belong to Jesus or I don't. That's a hard truth, isn't it? And that's the reality. I'm either part of the kingdom of light or I'm part of the kingdom of darkness. And the only way I can become a part of the kingdom of light is with Jesus. So when he says our Father, that's what this means. So if I, if I look at this in an honest perspective, do I belong to Jesus or do I not? Oh, well, I'm a good person. I'm morally right. I say the right things. I do the right things. Well, do you belong to Jesus? No. Then he's not your father. Are you following me? It's a hard truth. But it's true, isn't it? And we see this in, in all kinds of life. I mean, I know who my dad is. I met him when I moved here, right? Didn't have a dad up until that point. And what's interesting is that, is that I, I have some similarities of my father, right? And that's what it's saying. I, he leads my life. Or he leads my life. It's either the father of lies, myself leading my life, or Jesus leading my life. So immediately we start, sorry Joe to do that to you. Uh, I know he looks like he should play Jesus, but we went with the shorter hair version guy today. Uh, <laughs> so 
So if I, if I have Jesus, then we have the same father. Now, now it's so crazy is that sometimes we look through Scripture and we kind of set aside Jesus of Scripture. We say, well, that's not the Jesus I have. He's a good teacher. He's a good religious leader. Well, then I follow Jesus, but I just his teachings. Well, the truth is that then God's not my father. You following me? Okay. Boy, boys, you can have a seat. Man. So, so what that scripture, John 1, 11 through 13, is saying is that, is that when I believe, when I, when I give my heart to Jesus, I become the, I receive the right to be a part of this family. I'm adopted. So when we see that our Father, I guess the first question that we must ask is this, who's your daddy? what it comes down to because it's so amazing because it's our father that father is daddy Abba who's your daddy now if you were honest to God and you were honest to yourself and you you took a genuine look who would you say your daddy is right so without Jesus God is not your father with Jesus he's our father so he starts off this prayer our father who is in heaven? Who is in heaven? And we're like, whoa, our Father who's in heaven, God. And so this, he went so close, Father, right? I mean, I look at, I look at uh, my family, right? And, and I love my kids. I'm still broken and flawed, and I love them deeply. And the truth is, is that when we're at home, uh, well, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, they know who their daddy is. I can tell you that my kids could, could uh, be out in the field and they would recognize my voice or my laugh. They know who I am from a distance. And here's, here's what's even deeper. They know exactly who I am. They see me often, warts and all. Right? So you look at this, you go, okay, so they have a, a deep, close relationship with me because I'm their dad. And it's pretty intimate, right? I tell my love and my agam. We talk about stuff. We talk about stuff that is pretty uncomfortable to talk about. I, I correct them, I lead them, I guide them, so on and so forth. Our Father's super close. And then it says, in heaven. And now, I don't know about you, but when I think of that, in heaven, we go, oh, it's so far away. But that word is uranos, which means the atmosphere, the air that you and I breathe, as well as the universe. So when we look at that first line, our Father in heaven, that God is so big, so vast, so great, so mighty, that he's so close, it's like the air that I breathe. And so great that there's nothing he cannot handle. Our Father in heaven. Now the next line is, is big. And, and when I've read this over and over again and thought about it and prayed over it, it says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. 
This is a phrase we don't ever use. Do you go, uh, hallowed? Does anybody say hallowed on a regular basis? I don't. So I'm like, what does that mean? Hallowed. Hallowed be your name. When we look at this, it's holy is your name. Holy is your name. Wow. It almost seems as if there's like this contrast in here. Our Father in heaven, right? Daddy, deep, personal, close. Holy be your name. That's big. What does that mean? This is what holy means when it refers to God. And God's referred as holy over 60 times in Scripture, right? So God is absolutely pure without moral blemish. Nothing imperfect or evil can be found in him. God is absolutely pure without blemish. Nothing imperfect or evil can be found in him. Holy is your name. So we have these different schools of thought that say, well, you know, uh, with all light there's darkness. That's not the case. God is holy That means that he's absolutely pure. He's absolutely perfect. He's absolutely without any moral blemish. He's absolutely good. No evil can be found in him. He absolutely is good. No evil can be found in him. So when we see God as holy, Holy God, holy God causes or should cause this desperate conviction of guilt and shame. Why? Because when we look at a holy God, we see how desperately we need him. We see how desperately broken we are. We see how desperately imperfect we are. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So how could I say that in another way that makes more sense? Your name be kept holy. Your name be kept holy. Holy. So what that means, and what Jesus is saying here, is that our Father who is in heaven, your name be kept holy. What does that imply? That implies that what I do, what I say, how I live and how I act, that it points to God's goodness and his holiness. Because he's my daddy. 
your name be kept holy. Now when I think of holiness, I think of all kinds of things. And, and the truth is, is that we've come up with all kinds of different approaches to holiness and what that means for us. Um, Isaiah chapter 6. Can you turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 6, please? Verse 1. In the year uh, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted. This is Isaiah. Seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six, six wings. Uh, in these seraphim, what's interesting is seraph means to be on fire. Each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sounds of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. When we look at holy, when we look at a holy God, it should cause desperation inside of us. It should cause fear. It should cause brokenness. It should, it should show how, how we need healing and we need hope. How we are so separate and so apart from God. And that we long to be with him. We long to see his face. Isaiah, just in a dream, just in a vision, he saw God. And he saw God in such a way that it caused him to cry out, I am so wicked. I am so broken. I desperately need you, God. I desperately, desperately long for you. So when we see that, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
we see this idea of all that I am. And if we were honest with ourselves, we would see how broken, how desperate, how disease-ridden we are with sin. That we would call out in genuine desperation to a holy God that can cleanse us and make us right. When we see that, hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. I'm afraid we have lost this. We get the idea of our Father God and I can just talk to him. But the other part of this, our Father God, is he's holy. And that my sin causes him to hurt and it can't be in his presence. And so God in his infinite graciousness gave us Jesus so we could be a part of his family and so that we could be made holy. My question this morning, is have you ever experienced that? Have you ever have you ever had that moment where you saw God and absolutely who he is and you saw you and absolutely who you are and you cried out in desperation that you need God and how does God respond Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned. Your sin is paid for. So here's what's so amazing. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. When I cry out to him, when I confess my sin, my brokenness, he removes my guilt and shame because he's paid for what I deserved. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so because he's done this, we're to look at Almighty God and adore him, praise him. God, you're so amazing. You could take everything you know about me and you can remove that guilt, that shame, the sin that separated us, and you make me part of your family by me choosing, not by you forcing. Hallowed be your name. You're so great and mighty. I mean, if you consider just writing down your sins, the ones you know and the ones you don't know, or the ones that you hide and the ones that everybody sees, 
Do you see that a gracious God took what you deserve for those? Should cause us to cry out to a holy God who makes us right with him. Not because of anything I could earn, but simply as a gift. Our Father, who is in heaven, Daddy, who's so close, he's like the air I breathe, and so great and mighty that he sees all and knows all. Hallowed be your name. You are so holy, so good. This wasn't the only time that somebody approached God and they cried out, holy. Exodus 3, 4 through 6 uh, is this story of Moses. He sees this burning bush and he decides to approach it. And, and, and how he approaches is really interesting. He's just kind of like, ooh, this is interesting. It's not burning up. I'm going to go check it out. And he begins to approach it. And when the Lord had, so I'm going to start with verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And then he said, I am the God of your father, Jacob, of your father, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he knew. He hid his face because he knew who was before him. God, you can't. I can't see you. Because he was afraid to look at God. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Wait a minute. He's in the middle of a pasture. There's animals everywhere doing all kinds of stuff. He's a shepherd. And here's God. And he tells Moses to take off his sandals. Approach me. Approach me with reverence. Even, even the dirt that, that you're standing on, all the ground that you're standing on, everything that it includes, I have made holy. Take off your shoes because this here is sacred ground. This here is holy ground. It's not any different than anything else. You know what's different about it? God's presence is there. And where God's presence is, he makes holy. So he commands him, and, and Moses responds. You see, the holiness of God demands a response from people. Isaiah cried out. 
And God responded with a seraph, removed his guilt and atoned for his sin. Moses, Moses takes off his shoes and hides his face because it's holy. So when we look at this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's a deep reverence that comes with that. A deep respect, a deep fear that should cause us to cry out. When the holiness of God is present, there demands a response. So this morning, My first question is this. Who's your daddy? Who do you belong to? If it's Jesus, then that means your life is meant to keep his name holy. Your and my sin should draw us to cry out and to respond to the holiness of God. And God, in his infinite grace, in his infinite mercy, removes our guilt and he pays for our sin. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. Be your name. Would you just take a moment to bow your head? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to ask you that question. Just between you and God, who's your daddy? Good news is, is if you believe, you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you. What that means is that he adopts. So this morning, would you like to be a part of his family? If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you. Anybody else? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, he's your father. God is your father. And in the midst of that, he is convicting your heart 
of your sin, your shame, and your guilt. And you need to respond. Is that you? Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, for all of us here this morning, we desperately need you. Remove our guilt and shame. Thank you for paying for our sin. We accept. Please, Lord Jesus, forgive us. Make us whole. We we need you. So, so sorry. being so careless with your name. We praise your holy name. Praise you, Jesus. You, you, you are greater than anything that we may face. That you spoke and created the heavens and the earth. Just at your word. Oh God, you are so mighty that you take our brokenness, that you take our disease and sickness and you can heal it. You are so mighty. You are our healer, our provider, that, that when, when, when things are going well and when things are not going well, you provide That you are our atonement. That you have paid the price for what we deserved. And that you give this gracious gift that we could never earn. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your kindness. God, this morning I pray for healing broken hearts and sickness. Pray that you heal bodies, that you heal hearts and that you'd heal minds, that you would remove guilt and shame, that you would bring hope in the midst of our storms and peace, (laughs) speak peace into our chaos. May we hear and recognize your voice. Our Father, 
in heaven. Hallowed, holy be your name. May we keep your name holy. Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Would you stand? Woohoo! God is so good. So, as you are dismissed, to please uh, say hey and goodbye to somebody, give them a hug, a high five. Bless you guys. You're dismissed.